I had no idea how much I wanted to boss around my sink until you just said that. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I, I added it early in on when the features were released, and my kids have caught on to it. They like telling the faucet what to do, too. You know, it saves you from getting out some of the measuring cups sometimes. Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibbs Homes. Sponsored by Pella Window and Doors and Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery. In this episode, we talk about a very important element of the home, the kitchen. Lars Johansson from Ferguson Kitchen Bath and Lighting and Lydia Huffman from LH Design join us to discuss everything from high-tech appliances to the design flow of your cooking space. You have no doubt heard the saying, the kitchen is the heart of the home. As the hub of daily life and special occasions, the kitchen is one of, if not the single biggest area where our clients focus most of their time and money when they're designing their beautiful new custom home. Melody joins us again. Melody, there was an interesting stat that just came out that said larger kitchens were a factor in more than 40% of people's decisions to move. That, to me, is an amazing stat to think about it, that 40% of the people who are deciding to move are moving because they want a larger kitchen or something done differently in their kitchen. Well, there are a lot of design elements that are popping up, like the mess kitchens and things like that. And you can only do so much within a footprint that you already have established. So looking at that for how long were we stuck at home staring at our kitchens? In some cases, we're still there 18 months later. (laughs) What we're trying to do with this season's podcast is go room to room, space to space, and really focus on those core elements of building a custom home. First episode, we focused on kind of the curb appeal, the exterior of the house. There are some very important components of building a house. The exterior is one of them. Kitchens is very big. Master bathroom, the master suite is another. So that's why we wanted to move the kitchen conversation up early in our episodes, because it's one of the most important components of the house. Absolutely. Even if you're looking to buy a previously used home, The kitchen and the bathroom are going to influence that decision so heavily. They're difficult to renovate. And again, you're you're stuck by the footprint that you purchase. So today we're going to get into some of the details of kitchen design. Joining us again is Lydia Huffman from LH Design in Seattle. She's a partner of ours in northern Utah. And we're also going to be inviting into the conversation Lars Johansson, of Ferguson Kitchen, Bath, and Lighting. Lars has been a great friend of ours, great friend of the show, also a sponsor of the show for the last two seasons of the podcast. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your own home. Lars, very good to have you with us. Tell us quickly a little bit about your background, if you would, please. Thank you very much, Kim. I've been with Ferguson Kitchen, Bath, and Lighting Gallery for the last 15 years. Been in St. Louis working with you for the last 10 
developed a good relationship over the years. It's, For sure. Uh, it's nice to have you join us on this episode. And, and Lydia, nice to have you back as well. You joined us on episode one, where we were talking a lot about the curb appeal, if you will, of the home. Now we want to do a deep dive into the, in my opinion, the most important room in the house, and that, of course, is the kitchen. So Lydia, let's start with you. When you think about designing the kitchen, many times the architect has it laid out, but many times that plan that the architect may have envisioned doesn't work. So how do you start when you think about planning that kitchen? Many times people say, hey, work with a triangle. You know, you want to have the important elements all within reach and things like that. So what do we do? How do we start this? I always start by asking those exact same questions of your client, of the homeowner. What is your lifestyle like? Who does the cooking? How does your daily life function within those spaces? That is the most critical because I can have a client who doesn't cook. So I know I'm not going to try to talk her into anything specific as far as Wolf, Viking, Thermidor. I know where I'm going to channel her energies because cooking is not important to him or her. So it's about listening first in my world. And I love the fact that Lars is here. I'm a huge Ferguson fan. Been in the industry working with Ferguson all over the country for 19 plus years. You're awesome. And our first two appointments with the client are... A, appliances, B, plumbing, and that is directly related to how we design our kitchen layout and the parts and pieces that go in because we can't get to cabinets until we know what parts and pieces we're working around and designing around. So I would say 75% of the time when I get an architectural plan that we reconfigure the kitchen based on what the client's lifestyle is. And I know there's many different shapes. There's L-shape, there's U-shape, there's galley, there's single wall. Does this need to be decided during the architectural phase? Does some of this need to be decided then? Or let's say the plan is already laid out. Can you adjust it accordingly? We have never had an issue. I say yes, yes, and yes. Readjusting because, again, if we as a design team understand structure, we're not going to mess with the structure. We're going to say within that footprint, how can I make this the best kitchen for you and your lifestyle and your family? So it is flexible. We will have some limitations if we're not involved in the architectural stages. But again, it's really going to start with if he or she is the cook and they need that 60-inch range, or they need that 48-inch range or cooktop, it's like, okay, understand how you're going to cook. Let's get these parts and pieces so I know where's the best place to place them based on function. And again, your movement within that kitchen space. So does the modern work triangle, is that even modern anymore? I guess I'll start with that. I remember learning all about it early on in my career, but I'm going to say no. When you listen to a custom client and they tell you how they cook, you're going, okay, wait a minute. So I probably need a recycle and a compost next to their range based on where they do their prep work. Sometimes it automatically happens. But it's rarely comes up for me as like, we got to design around that triangle. There's a lot to cover. Let's start with kind of the basics and work our way up, if you will. Flooring. Is there a better flooring for the kitchen? Tile, LVP, hardwood. What are your thoughts? My professional thoughts are hardwood all day long. And with our pre-finished 
wide plank engineer floors were having great success. And there are some water rated real hardwood floors out there. Again, some clients just prefer LVP, which is also waterproof because of their lifestyle. They may have three to five dogs that are in the house and they just want LVP. So, and then it could be driven by, you know, I live in Arizona. So guess what? My whole main floor is tile. So, you know, there's a little bit of flex there. Extended and double islands are really popular right now. What are the requirements that would have you put that in a design? Sure. It would be that home square footage is where I would start. Second would be their lifestyle and function. Third would be like design elements. So maybe the main island is a beautiful quartz with waterfalls. And then the extended table or extended island is maybe reclaimed wood, butcher block, an alternative hard surface or an alternate color quartz. And then the other is just a lot of clients want all of their island to be one level versus say one level is a working space and then a raised bar for the seating area. So we, again, listen to those. Sometimes we are limited by the quartz that the client falls in love with. So we design cabinets often to fit the size of the quartz because not all quartz have what they call a jumbo size and or a book matched veining. So there's minor limitations, but again, it's all about how they function and what they want. And talking about function and just how you're going to be using the house, I know that a lot of our clients look for extra storage with doors and drawers and all in the island. And that's something that really take advantage of because you can have a lot of extra functional storage which is within that kitchen. So Lars, let's bring you in because I know that when we're designing the kitchen and someone is designing the island, whether it's for an eat-in or whether they're truly just using it as a prep station, a lot of times appliances are involved with that, whether it's dishwashers, possibly a wine fridge. I would assume you're seeing a lot of that? Yeah. In the island, you definitely see, as you said, the dishwashers or multiple dishwashers if they're putting the main sink in the island. Sometimes on the back side of the island, putting that wine fridge for more of the entertaining space that's out of that work triangle so you know people can get a drink and not get stabbed or get in the way of somebody <laughs> cooking right and then also if the cooking is happening in the island we start looking at you know do we need a downdraft are they going to put an island hood in how we want that cooktop or range incorporated anything unusual in sinks these days what are the most popular sinks that most people are installing we're seeing a big trend towards the large single bowl sinks some of the workstation type sinks where you have a colander or a cutting board multiple drying racks or places you can stage plates and prep within the sink space and then material wise stainless is always popular we're seeing a lot of the granite composite sinks that come in the different colors that you can coordinate with your quartz tops or you know, highlight a veining that you pick in it. They're also just very durable. And while we're uh, talking about sinks, faucets, I know there's a lot of high-tech faucets out there. The ones you can touch, you know, there's no fingerprint coatings on them. They're very water efficient these days. So there's a lot of options when it comes to those faucets. Yeah, so from a water efficiency side, everything's starting to follow the California trends. So they're down in the 1.5, 1.8 gallon per minute range. So as you're washing dishes, you're not using a ton of water, but they're 
giving you efficient sprays. A lot of them are giving you what they call like boost modes. So if you're filling up that you know 18 quart pot, you're not waiting forever. And then in the tech side, there there's some really fun stuff now. There's touch activated. So you know if you've got chicken on the, your hands, you can hit it with your forearm. A lot of those touch activated now are giving you options for voice control through Google Home. Those you can say, tell my faucet to pour three cups of water. And then with COVID, they've actually added some hand wash cycles in, and it'll give you that 20 seconds to really cue you to get that good hand wash in to promote sanitation and healthy household. I had no idea how much I wanted to boss around my sink until you just said that. <laughs> it's pretty so. fun. I, I added it early in on when the features were released, and my kids have caught on to it. They like telling the faucet what to do, too. You know, it saves you from getting out some of the measuring cups sometimes. Now, speaking of kids telling the kitchen what to do, my kids love to be able to change the lighting with the Alexa. And talk to me a little bit about the cool things that you can do with lighting, too. In general kitchen design, you are going to have those multiple levels of light. So your task lighting, which is usually recessed cans throughout the workspace, the under cabinet lights, you know, you can make those, you know, white color match to the Kelvin color temperature of the recessed lights, or you can also have some color changing options. So, you know, if you do want a little bit of that party feel, you've got the option to have your normal white or, you know, set it to, to multiple colors. You're also seeing toe kick lighting more and more you know, especially highlighting an island or giving the space a nice glow in the evening if you want to turn off the overhead lighting and just, you know, have that under cabinet and toe kick lighting. And then if you've got an island or a peninsula, pendant lighting size to that space. And that that's a place you can really dress up the space. Lighting's like jewelry for your home, especially in the decorative side. So that's a place where you can really express yourself. Lydia, I would assume you agree with that comment. I love he knows it all. Yeah, Lars, it's awesome. So that being said, it's like, it's true. You know, lighting is critical in the kitchen and there's so many layers. Really, the only one that I didn't hear Lars touch on is like interior cabinet lighting or up lighting, just depending upon the overall design and aesthetics. But again, you know, getting into smart lighting and voice tech lighting, it's all there for us. It's just kind of a matter of what works best with that kitchen design once we've got the appliances, the plumbing, and the cabinets, then we start to knock out that lighting. And you mentioned appliances, so Lars, let's go there next. Lots of different finishes available But what we're noticing with our clients is colors are becoming a lot more popular with them. You know, a lot of it was starting with the black stainless or like matte blacks, matte whites. Samsung has just recently released some product that you can order different kind of glass finished panels in whites and blues and pinks. And then in ranges, there's quite a few different companies where you can really customize the paint finishes some of the the more custom, like a Blue Star, allows you to pick any RAL color and you can have that painted on your range. So whether you want to coordinate it with your cabinetry or make a contrasting pop, and then they have different finishes on their handles and their knobs. So you can have those painted a, a completely different finish to add contrast. It's amazing. And I also know the technology is starting to take hold as well. Built-in apps, speakers, you know, no touch controls 
almost everything is Wi-Fi connected from an appliance standpoint now. Unless you're talking about the very, very most basic pieces, there is some sort of option for connectivity, whether it's monitoring the cycle on your oven or adding different cooking modes. As you start getting into the the mid-level and up products, there's a lot of menu-driven cooking where instead of saying that I'm going to do this roast and I know it has to be at 350 for 45 minutes, there's a lot to help out the aspirational cook. As we start talking to clients, you get the clients that are like, I cook all the time or I bake all the time and I know exactly what I want to do where the people that don't cook or the people that want to cook but don't really know how to to get the best results really benefit from some of these features. So you, know, you can tell the oven what you're cooking and it's going to recommend the temperature and the time. A lot of them will you know, use a, a meat probe if you're a roast probe if you're doing meats and then for you know, baked goods, it's kind of pre-programmed times. And even some of the most premium ones, when you're looking at some of the, the convection steam ovens, will actually pump steam in, measure the volume of what's in the oven to determine your cook time. A lot of these can be controlled by your iPad or iPhone. So you get pictures of the results that you want to get. And, you know, you're not just saying, I want it to be medium rare. It's going to show you a picture of what medium rare looks like to them. So you really know what you're after. I have seen some gorgeous appliance colors, these really rich blues and greens. And if I go for one of those really bold blue sets of appliances, what are the different kitchen styles that that goes with and what's popular right now? It's endless what you can do in the appliance world. But typically with each of those layers of ooh-ah, we can do this now, there's also an ooh-ah price tag. I think it's so exciting when clients come and say, I have to have that French blue. And it's like, cool, let's go, you know? And so then you get excited and you design around that. But the one area I haven't seen a huge swing in price is if I go from a regular faucet to a touch to a voice IQ. I see hardly any price swing in those at all. So I make sure my clients know that that exact faucet they fall in love with has these options with it. Yeah, there is a good range of products there. And sometimes, depending on the brand, you can see you know maybe a $100 jump going to that voice or touch, maybe $150. Sometimes, you know, if they fall in love with one style, there's a similar one in a touch that is a more affordable option. That range is very broad, so you can get all of those cool features in the faucets at a very attainable price point, and you can also go up into the higher end if they're looking for maybe that designer name or that extra detail. This podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design, and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella integrated roll screen that you won't see until you need it. Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration. Allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 
1-800-268-0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley. Our topic on this episode of The Art of Custom is the heart of the home. We are talking about the kitchen. Lydia, Melody came up with kind of the rankings of the new kitchen styles. Transitional is supposedly steady. Modern is growing. Contemporary, farmhouse, traditional, all declining. Is that what you're seeing too? Absolutely. Yeah. Great job, Melody. I think that what's happening, again, it's that simplistic, minimalist, simplify my life, less to maintain, less to clean, less to dust, but everything functions very well in addition to healthy. So I know Lars touched briefly on, say, the steam ovens and such, but really people are smarter than they've ever been. They're staying home. They're raising some of their own food, believe it or not, or buying from local farms, but then they're coming home and they want to cook it in a healthy format. So I think modern is very high on the trend list. And I don't even know if I want to call it a trend because we have a lot of European clients and it's just the way they cook. It's the way they process food. It's the way they prep. So I just think that that long linear organized kitchen where everything is within a you know, few steps works really well. We need to turn our attention to cabinets because, in my opinion, cabinets, countertops, well, appliances, I guess it's all pretty important, isn't it? Lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got anyway, a lot I want, of pieces I want to talk there. about uh, cabinet doors and styles a little bit. Shaker seems to be extremely popular these days. There's other options out there as well. Of course, you have the flat panel, the raised panel, a lot of glass we're seeing on our kitchens, and, and then you can light up that cabinetry from the inside. Lots of different color options out there. And I understand, Lydia, that white is still the the number one color when it comes to kitchens. I think that is absolutely true. And it's because what doesn't go with white? So Mm -hmm. it's it really allows that kitchen to be timeless. And Shaker will never go away. Mm -hmm. The next two for me professionally are Black Shaker is really intense in the market. And then also a navy blue those three colors are on the top. And then green, interestingly enough, is starting to surface soft greens or bold greens. So I heard that if you want to make that space look transitional, that you take your lighting, you take your knobs, you take your faucets, and you mix all different types of metals. So you have the gold, the black, like you mentioned, but also the stainless steel. That way, if you change your style, it works no matter what. Is that something that just came out of left field, or is there some merit to that? I think there is some merit to it. And I think it's almost like a chameleon. In designing, we always give it a good canvas. So for me, a canvas in the kitchen is the flooring, the countertops, and the cabinets. So it really just depends on how eclectic I think my client is or how eclectic the market is. But mixed metals are incredibly well-received in the market. And it's just fun to design around. And I think that for me, it's like, if it's a spec home, give them something to kind of go, wow. Something different that they haven't seen in the last three spec homes that they walked through. And then for custom, it is all about that personal jewelry, that personal touch. 
So you're talking about mixed metals being very popular. Mixing colors is as well. And that's another trend that we're seeing across the country, especially when it comes to contrasting the islands with a different color. You're absolutely right. And I really see it happening with modern. You know, we've been transitioning islands for quite some time, but in a streamline or more European, both with our appliances, lighting, plumbing, the lower level or the perimeter cabinets are one color and then all of the uppers are another color. Sometimes the island is even a third color. It's kind of the way we light it or enhance it. Interestingly enough, the touch latch and the touch cabinets and the automated opening cabinets is another COVID-driven thing, but also European-driven thing where you are either just barely touching it or you're telling it to open so you can get your dishes out of the upper cabinet. So there's no hardware or there's also like a Vero line or a Euro line that has no hardware, but there is a recessed area where you can just simply reach into that recessed area, which is metal, and open up your cabinet drawers or doors so they're seamless, basically. And there's no end to specialty organization and storage. I mean, you think of it or you dream of it, you can do it within the cabinetry somewhere, can't you? Absolutely. So pantries are huge. In addition to pantries, depending upon the size of the home and the lifestyle of the clients, we're also seeing prep kitchens or sculleries where they're doing their prep work outside of the main kitchen and then coming into the kitchen to do the official cooking. So thinking the pantry all the way through, we're opening up pantries so they don't have a separate door. That is driven truly by function, but also by budget, because obviously we can have a closet company do our pantry and close the door because we don't have everything covered or we can incorporate it and make it a prettier space so that it's a continuation of the kitchen itself. One thing that I ran across was you get the custom cabinetry, you get the semi-custom cabinetry, and then you have that stock and ready-to-assemble cabinetry. Do you really have to go to the custom side of things in order to get some of that really cool storage? Or is that something that you, as a designer, would build into even you know some of these semi-custom cabinets? I agree with you 100%, Melody. For the most part, I discourage clients from going, you know, incorporating it all into their cabinet package. It really depends on the overall design of the kitchen because that is a huge cost savings. The choices that are in that box that I can now say to client A or B, look how good this looks for your pantry and it matches your kitchen (laughs) really well. So that is a great area to save money and closet companies is that they have really risen. You know, the cream has risen to the top because they have to. You know, people are staying home and they're putting a lot of money in pantries and want accurate storage. Another very important aspect of the kitchen, the countertops. Many choices, again, when it comes to the materials, many choices when it comes to contrasting, lots of choices when it comes to the edges, the profiles shapes, colors. Talk a little bit about countertops. So quartz has become the primary selection and preference for most clients. Quartz, as we know, is a man-made product and so many brand names out there, but they have, again, all risen to the challenge of 
let's not make it look like white quartz. Let's make it believable. Endless choices, endless colors, beautiful finishes, both in polished, honed, and leathered, which is a little bumpy. And that's all man-made. And so our only limitations to our man-made products, as in quartz, is sometimes our slab sizes. And that's it, really. There is a beautiful trend right now of the quartz going all the way up the backsplash as a single piece. And I am obsessed with that right now. But I'm on your team. Okay. (laughs) It's a good team to be on. A lot of people, when they're picking out backsplashes, there's so many options. And so how do you lead someone in the right direction? Are they all doing the extended quartz or what are you seeing with that? I see the majority, and when I say the majority, uh, yes, we're still doing decorative tile backsplashes. Absolutely. So a lot of people just want something clean and low maintenance. They don't want to see any grout lines. They don't want to deal with grout, even though I might note grout is awesome, and it has come a very long way, and it is not the issue that people fear. So grout is awesome. What I will tell you is that when we do the backsplash in slab, then it's always going to cost more money. The other thing that I just propose, if you wish and love and want to run your slab up the back wall, is we then do plug strips underneath the bottom of the cabinets. So a plug strip, so electrical is required, as we know, in our backsplashes. That's per code. So we still have to have outlets, but I hate cutting a receptacle through a 2cm slab of granite so clients will typically then do a plug strip that's up under their cabinets and you don't see any switching in the wall it's just sometimes comes right down to budget and what the client visualizes honestly it's what will really show off the kitchen and make it stand out so artwork in the kitchen the poles, the knobs, very important final details you must consider when you're finishing your kitchen. Oh, yes, for sure. So on that lighting side, your pendants or a chandelier over your island, you have so much opportunity to dress up that space with a light fixture that really stands out. You know, just considering the visual flow of the space too, because if you go too heavy, you can create a block in the space. In an open space, you know, maybe something that is a more open fixture or multiple smaller or medium-sized fixtures so you don't cut those sight lines down to your guests or to your other space. And then you know, on the decorative hardware side, like the mixed metals we were talking about, there is so much opportunity there. You know, Different styles, your golds, your nickels, your crystal stone and marble inlays. That's a place where you can really decorate your kitchen as well. Those are easy to change out items too. So I can give like a look and a feel and then, you know, unlike a beautiful blue stove, you can change those when you get sick of them. But are there any other trends that have come to light and you think that are going to stick around? For me, I would say very COVID-driven, you know, incorporating extra food storage space, whether it's adding additional refrigeration or freezer space in, you know, under-counter drawers or going to larger refrigeration kind of further out of that work triangle, but then pulling in your prep spaces with the drawers or even just adding a, a secondary fridge or freezer in a basement or 
uh, in that pantry space. Lars, we would probably be remiss if we didn't talk briefly about outdoor kitchens. Indoor-outdoor space, seamless transition, very big. Um, a lot of people are starting to go to the outdoor kitchens. What are you seeing there? Yeah, we're we're seeing with a lot more people spending their time at home instead of going out. In the outdoor kitchens, the basic things like your grill, some refrigeration and storage, but also some more fun things like the uh, flat-top griddles, your smash burgers or your Philly cheesesteaks outside. Pizza ovens. Pizza ovens for sure. You know, whether that's a built-in pizza oven or something like a big green egg that can double as a uh, a smoker and, you know, do your pizzas. We're also seeing the kegerators, just bringing that outdoor entertainment. And also, you know, the outdoor ice makers are a big one. You know, if you're outside, you're probably going to want to have cold drinks or even just be able to fill the ice bucket on the table instead of you know, going all the way into the house. So in St. Louis and in Utah, where Lydia's working with us on a house, it, you don't get to spend all of your time outside. So there are a lot of options that you can do that you can bring into your kitchen that would make your kitchen feel like it's part of the outside too. And from what I understand, that's a growing trend as well. Oh, absolutely. Outdoor living has become almost equally as important as to the great room. So yes, the, the cooking element, the fireplace element on the outside. And again, that can be driven by budget. So listening to how they really live and how much they entertain, the environment and region in which you're building, because there's some that I just would say don't do an outdoor ice maker because you get too cold year round. Um, and then there's others where it's like, okay, we're in Chelan, Lake Chelan. That's fine. That makes sense. Let's talk about this. So, but really you can give them something because most of them want something out there. So you just kind of narrow it down and decide what is the priority and what fits their lifestyle and budget. Well, this has been an excellent conversation for a very important room of the house, the kitchen. Lydia, thank you again for joining us and for your time. And Lars, it was a pleasure having you in studio with us and joining us as well. Your insight, both of you, exceptional. And I think it really helps our listeners get an idea of what's possible in their dream kitchen that they're designing for their beautiful dream home. So Lydia and Lars, thank you very much. Thank you, Kim. Thank you very much. For more information, visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes and please rate and review to help us grow. The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam Frick-Ferdine. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.